Okay, welcome everyone. Hi, Here welcome. Um, Sarah's Andromeda and me, Stina Maria, and we're here for our fifth installment of our Ascension Essentials podcast and video series that is following along with the course that series has created. Um, so these are, we're following the seven pillars of Ascension, which are really a wonderful, very helpful and supportive um, body of work for all of us that are actively consciously ascending right now. And I imagine anyone listening to this is in that process. Um, and so we're talking today about embodiment. Um, is there anything that you want to share about the course overall before we go into that topic? Um, no, if, if, you know, for those of you that aren't familiar, um, Ascension Essentials is a seven part e-course that I created, which, um, contains tools, information, and tiered light activations. It's designed to um, welcome people into their conscious ascension process. Often we're in an ascension process before it's completely conscious, but once we become aware of it and embrace it, it, it gets very different, it accelerates. And then the course, um, also has higher end light frequencies for those that are um, ready for next level conscious ascension. It's seven pillars. I've organized it into seven pillars because I feel like there it's just like the basic ingredients. It's the, ba it's the, it's the things that we're always working with as we progress through ascension. Um, so, you know, of course, they're in an order, they have to be in an order, but we are actually working with all of them throughout. We come back to them and um, so it's kind of a, it's a, it's a fairly full exploration of the basics. Mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think one thing that I love about this work is that it applies to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, like wherever you are at, even if you're not consciously in would, would describe yourself as in an ascension process but you're kind of opening to, you're looking at things differently and feeling a little bit confused or like something's going on and you don't know what it is this like this will meet you where you're at and be so supportive um which is actually really incredible when you think about it because we're all on these magnificent journeys that are seemingly different um and really they're, we're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and what's, um, you know, and as people are doing the course, some of, some of the feedback is, you know, people are saying, I, I didn't realize I was already doing mm. Ascension. Right. Or I wasn't quite sure that this was something I could do. And now I realize of course, this is what's been happening. It's what I've been doing, approaching, entering already. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So, embodiment. Um, embodiment. Yes. Um, I, I would like to say something very brief about where we are in the month of February. Okay. I believe it. Um, so today is the 12th and, and we're in the, okay, we're in this 12th through year. So February two, the two parts. So we're going to be very aware this month of both sides of everything. So with people in the outer world, we're going to be very aware of my, you know, my side and your side and this and that and, but really that's all about our two halves of self that's all about our two halves of self and so valentine's day is in two days and 
This may seem like a bit of a digression, but it actually ties in directly to what at one le it's already in the works with our embodiment. We have, we're in a very accelerated period of next level embodiment. Anyone who's waking up right now, very compressed, accelerated phase of embodiment in February where we're working with the two sides of self. And we have many parts, but fundamentally speaking, masculine and feminine. And in order, so we are reviewing and reviewing and reviewing anything. The light is pummeling anything that keeps our two halves separate right now. Mm. It's just blasting it, blasting it, blasting it. And as our two halves get closer to rebalancing, reconnecting, reunifying, we are also getting back in touch with or further reintegrating the essence of our twin flame within. So we each have two parts of our soul that used to be one. And we talk about the twin flame or twin soul as the other half. Valentine's Day being the middle of the month is where the two halves meet. So while what we may be aware of is just very messy, inconvenient embodiment right now, it is this incredible dissolving purge breakdown of what keeps our two halves separate. And part of what that means is that wherever we're at by degree, our twin soul essence is going to have more open, purified space to reintegrate with us within. And that is the love union within on Valentine's day. Hmm. And it is this rigorous embodiment that is making that more possible. It is clearing the space for that increased connection, love connection within. <clears throat> Got it. So, so can you describe when you say rigorous embodiment, can you describe what that means? <laughs> well, um, yes. Simply speaking, it means that the light is working on, our, on us physically. If we chose to wake up, light up, ascend, come conscious, in this life, then through certain cycles, there's more active embodiment and, and we're in one of those right now. So it means that the light is in this particular phase of embodiment, the light is what seems like aggressively, um, it's dissolving all the distorted patterns, the karmic patterns, the where we've held the residues of, of guilt and pain and grief that we store in the body, in the physical tissue, mm. things that keep blocks in the body in place, like where you might get, you go to massage or when you do yoga and these same blocks, you work on these same blocks over and over in the body. Well, what is it that's holding those in place? How come they don't just release in one yoga session? <clears throat> Something has been holding them in place. And those memories or patterns that are not love-based um, are being dissolved right now. So how we experience that is in the form of some type of physical purge. What's very common right now is things that are happening with the head clearing blocks in the head and the light is working through the pineal gland. So there's all kinds of purging anything and everything having to do with the head right now. <clears throat> and um, also when density uh, distortions are clearing from the body water, that means water. That means we need to hydrate. That means there's usually some inflammation, some increased mucosal activity to bind the toxins and move them out. This is how the body does it. Mm -hmm. So we want to support ourselves through it. And if we stop it synthetically, 
of course, everyone should take care of themselves. Always trust yourselves. Generally speaking, if we stop this process, we are stopping the release of stuff that, that we want to release, that we chose to release, that the light is trying to push out for us. It's working for us, even though it's very messy and uncomfortable right now. People are having revisitations of illness, of physical vulnerabilities that are very, very old. Some of the most difficult and oldest physical vulnerabilities, whatever that looks like, the range goes on and on. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, unique. It gets completely personal. Um, things that have been really hard that we've experienced before physically and illness, uh, physical patterns that go all the way back in this life and maybe amplified, <laughs> maybe a more extreme version or we just have a heightened experience of it, noticing it, having feelings around it. Yeah. So, um, embodiment, what was the question? What was embodiment? Did you ask no, that? Was, well, that was, um, that was great. It was, I asked initially about rigorous embodiment, which was yes. kind of jumping yeah. ahead. But I think one thing that I really resonated with was, um, so, from looking at a shamanic, from a shamanic lens, especially around plant medicine work that um, sometimes is purgatory on purpose. Yes. Um, or looking at how, you know, people in the Amazon, when they don't have Western medicine and they get sick, they literally make themselves vomit or clear out whatever, right. whatever <laughs> the illness is and they call it getting well. Right. And that is totally what I'm hearing from you when you're talking about rigorous embodiment. It's like, we think we're, we think so much that we're sick and that it's bad and it's wrong and we need to stop it. But really it's a process of cleansing and getting, getting more clear and getting better. Right, right, right. So the way it could look from sort of the modern Western view, like you're saying, sort of shamanic treatment would be making themselves sicker. Mm -hmm. Right. In a sense, maybe even encouraging the process to have a quicker, more efficient purge looks like getting sicker and they call, they call it getting well. So you could say maybe they, um, are, they, they are helping the body do what it's trying to do. Yeah. And not resisting it. They're like going fully in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Instead of saying this is a problem, it shouldn't be happening. They recognize that there's a helpful process. Yeah. And, and the treatment is to help that process work as fully and as quickly and effectively as possible. Right. And so to do that, it's really what I'm hearing is that it's a lot, it's all about trusting the body, trusting our bodies, because if we're, if we're sick and we feel separate or we're disconnected from our bodies and we're like this is wrong this is bad then we're not listening if, we feel, if we're getting quote unquote sick and then we're like wow my body's really wise and knows how to heal itself i should let this process unfold and and support it as best i can then that's a that's a different story and so i don't know if that ties in but maybe setting so going to general just what is embodiment and does that relate to trusting the body? Yeah, so em embodiment is, is really, um, I wouldn't say it's synonymous with ascension, but you, there is no ascension without embodiment. Mm. There, there isn't. Uh, embodiment you know the, the light that we practice spending time in connecting with in spiritual practice the idea in ascension is to reclaim all of ourselves to remember reactivate that light within ourselves live as that light again well, that means the body also. That means the body. We do it physically so as well. 
so literally the light that we would connect with in any spiritual practice, any, any spiritual practice becomes the light that we live as again in body, in our cells. We live it. We, we become it. We become the physical manifestation of that light. That is embodiment. Hmm. Now, I, I would also like to, to say something about why this particular phase of embodiment is so wild, is so active right now for people who have been on their ascension path for a long time and people who may not even use that word, you know, but after we had the galactic reset in December, it became available to begin operating according to all new programs and designs and timelines. <laughs> but our, our bodies are, are, are fairly dense. Our bodies don't just switch automatically. We've had cycles like that before with the galactic reset in human history. What would typically happen before, before this period of ascension, I'm speaking generally, if anyone knows of very important exceptions, you're welcome to email me. I'd love to chat about them. Seriously. In prior times, before this period of earth change, planetary and personal ascension, when we would have a galactic reset, like the one that we just had, although we haven't had one just like that, but similar, we would still continue to live out the same patterns, mostly, and in our body. And we would not start with blank slate and pick up new patterns until we reincarnate into a new body. We are hustling to shift to all new patterns without leaving our bodies and coming back into a new body. This has not been done before. That's one reason why it can just seem, we can almost have this sense that just something absolutely ludicrous is happening. Like yeah. what is going on? We are, moving very, we are just moving nonstop to clear our attachment to old patterns, to clear the remnants of the, the old patterns in the body, and to open the way to bring forward and align with new, totally new pathways and programs. That's in the body also, and in our neurochemistry, without leaving the body and coming into a new one, taking this same body through that entire shift. We're literally like metamorphosizing. Yes, we are reincarnating in the same body. Ooh. We're resurrecting ourselves without leaving our form and coming into a new one. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I would encourage everyone to give yourself reprieve, to open up to the scope of what's happening that is very much beyond the smaller 3D view and to be very kind with yourselves and to trust that there is a grand immaculate process in the works, even though it's it's pretty wild and messy right now. Yes. So, yeah. Definitely feel the truth of that. And it, yeah, it helps to, to really anchor it in to my cells of it's this reminder that it's okay, that I'm okay, <laughs> that I'm safe. Um, yeah. Big. Yeah. Um, would you be willing to use yourself as an example a bit more and talk about feeling unsafe when it seems like you're sick or there's stuff happening with the body? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I mean, the simplest example is I'm, I'm sick right now. I've been, I've had a 
cold sinus thing for going on 10 days. And there are these moments where I feel this flash of fear come through and it's like, oh my God, what if I get pneumonia and I'm going to die? <laughs> or, oh my God, I'm not going to get better in time for my trip and it's just going to keep getting worse or, you know, that kind of, it's this, this total fear of being sick, like something's wrong and I'm, I'm not okay. I'm not safe. And so I've been, yeah, I can go, I can go forward there, but it's been a lot of reminding myself that I'm safe. Right. So this is a good place. I, <laughs> this will almost seem like the liability disclaimer for my, <laughs> Um, really and truly everyone should always do what they feel that they need to do Um, so I'm going to come back to what you're more to what you're saying in just a moment, but I, I want there are times when we are, um, purging a, a, a karmic experience through our body and our physical hologram. And sometimes, depending on where we're at and the severity, it, it is necessary or in at one level is almost productive to treat it in an old in a uh, a more three D way. Mm -hmm. Even go through interfacing with the old the reassurance or you know, the old familiar comfortable way even interfacing with the pharmaceuticals, using mm -hmm. the pharmaceuticals. Sometimes we need that experience. We need to go through all those parts of that experience. And if we do, that's okay. If we do, that's okay. And if we're not sure that we're getting it right, it's okay. <clears throat> so I, I want to be very clear that any treatment of any type, including, including Western allopathic, that anyone feels they need, they should, they should use. Mm -hmm. Always, always trust yourself, even when you know that you're not completely clear what you need. If there's a lot of fear, if things are very extreme, if you want to know that you're preventing something that you're really concerned about, or at least have the experience of keeping yourself safe, and if that involves allopathic medicine, then do that. And then, you know, it'll be made use of, you'll learn from it, you'll come out the other side, it'll all serve. With that said, <clears throat> Um, part of the part of the physical purge is clearing the fear from the cells that held those sickness distortions in place. We will feel fear because it, it it's fear patterning that we're clearing from the body. It's the physical expression of separation, fear, guilt that we are literally purging through seeming sick. Physical and emotional cannot actually be separated. We just, that's just for the sake of language. <laughs> really, <laughs> They're not separate. They're not separate. So, so when something is going on physically, there's an emotional, there's that we're absolutely in an emotional process as well, whether we're aware of it or not. Mm -hmm. The body's actually attempting to in part. Yeah discharge the trapped, distorted emotional energy in the cells, the fear. Yeah. So, you know, what can be helpful is to, is to acknowledge the fear, you know, like you're obviously doing, acknowledge all the fear. Okay. What am I imagining? 
What am I imagining the worst case scenario is? Okay, what if that started to happen? How would I take care of myself? Mm. What's going on right now? Am I taking care of myself right now? Is there something I need to do? Do I need to take an extreme measure right now? Okay, if not, then I'm just going to have faith, trust my body, be willing to feel the feelings, and trust the light also. Mm -hmm. Trust that this is actually how love is working to release fear from my body. This is actually love at work. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That really resonates. And so much about trust. <laughs> Back to what color is that? Second? The second color? Yeah. One of the beginning. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, we, uh, this is one of the staple features of our collective 3D story is that we somehow keep ourselves safe through this vigilant worry, actually like almost searching for problems in the body. Yeah. Well, if there's not one, maybe I should find, look for one. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I haven't had a problem with my body in a while, I could, you know, I could make one up. <laughs> Well, yeah, and we do it really well with, like, our beauty standards and, you know, how we're, if we're not sick, we're not perfect enough, we're not thin enough, all sure. that. Absolutely. Other, Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. So, um, did I finish that? Yeah. I think, I think you, so there's one thing that I wanted to just revisit. You were talking about, um, you were saying that the spirit, like the light that we access in the spiritual practice is something that we are currently, the practice of embodiment is to live our life, live our life from that light, like inside of our bodies. I'm not, probably not saying this correctly, but I just want to get really a little more specific. So for example, if I'm meditating every morning in an ideal world, um, <laughs> I, you know, it's like thinking about, I guess it's for me, it's thinking about what are my quote unquote spiritual practices and why do I do them? And meditation helps me feel resource. You know, I've been thinking about this word resourced where it's like re source we're reconnecting to source um and so meditation is definitely one of those practices that does that for in different ways at different moments so can maybe using that example can you describe or maybe say in a different way what you were saying earlier about how we can live in that state as light like how you feel in meditation to always feel like that to always be there yeah well kind of like just tying it back to what you said about spirit you know what we experience in spiritual practice it's like we're sitting down for this moment in time where we can only access you know we, we think that we're only able to access that feeling or that state when we're doing our spiritual practice quote unquote and and we're learning how to live those frequencies in our form all the time. So how is that? Yeah. Well, yes. Okay. Yeah. So what I would say is that it's not quite learning how to live it. In a sense, it is. It's, it's really, um, ascending back to our true nature which is which is what we have connected with in meditation mm. it, i mean yeah. we we're not learning anything new right it's we like are getting back in touch with we're using all this information and things that inspire us and to get in touch with the light that we are, that we, that we always have been 
It's never changed, mm -hmm. but lots of stuff has seemed to cover it. And then the light that we are has seemed to get um, very small and buried and we forget about it and we become identified with the stuff that seems to cover the light. And our body expresses that accordingly. Our cells operate that way accordingly. Mm -hmm. That we are something other than that light. That's how the body runs, identifies itself, expresses and functions. So we reconnect with the light because it hel it's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful. It shifts our energy field. It, it expands our heart. Mm -hmm. It changes our brain chemistry. It elevates our brain chemistry. It soothes the body and on and on and on and on and on. And as we are doing that, we are actually reconnecting with the light within mm -hmm. that then grows stronger. It grows stronger. It takes up more space in our being. It begins to push out and dissolve what is not love as the love within is remembered, reactivated, expanded. We magnetize more light. We magnetize more light and we're basically becoming again through all of our layers, the light that we've always been. So fundamentally when we meditate, we are just remembering our true nature for a moment. Hmm. We set up conditions in which we can connect with what we really are for a moment. Now, for a very long time, we have not felt identified with that presence and light. Right. And that's why our bodies now are operating with all this fear and density because they express our consciousness. They express what we believe we are. Mm-hmm. And so now we are reclaiming the body, resurrecting all of ourselves, including the body, mm -hmm. as we remember our nature, true nature, reactivate that, expand back into that, then the body will become that again. Right. So that's what we're doing now essentially yeah 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 yep. so so when like going back i mean because i just this kind of gets really almost impossible for the mind to yeah but like so if you if exercise or yoga or massage or whatever you know and you work with these blocks in the body right come back to them when we all know like where does the body our body not balance or we have these blocks these areas in the body that we work with really those cells are, are you know is like where there's a block that's like an aspect of us that has forgotten what it is and it's closed off to love and it's just contracted in fear with a story, with a story about why that needs to be that way. Right. Right. Which is why also if we have a, a, a big spiritual, emotional process, we will notice that the body opens up as well mm -hmm. because it doesn't need to hold that reality, grief, fear stories for us anymore. Right. And you described so wonderfully that our cells are um, our micro selves. Yeah. And how by, by working with our cells, so in this example, taking a part of your body that doesn't feel good or feels blocked or injured or whatever, and by sending love and bringing love into those places, we're also sending love and bringing love into all of ourself. Yeah. 
right. More, right. More. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I love this. I love this because it's just such a, it's just such a physical consciousness. I mean, ultimately what we are is so far beyond is just, we are not contained in this very, very small dance form, mm. the scope of our being, mm, not even close. I mean, it's, you can even, and some of us, our true essence can express through it without anything else distorting or blocking it. And of course, so the body expresses, um, our consciousness mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> and uh, the unconscious part of our conscious our body expresses our unconsciousness as well it you know it is and so all of our cells are literally designed according to running um they it's almost like they have their own little micro identity <laughs> Yeah, so in this way, we can, we can interact with them. I mean, if you imagine a cell, you know, what does it believe it is? How lovable does it feel it is or isn't? What does it believe its true nature is? What does it believe its job is? Is its job to manage fear and contract and calcify and just hold on to the end? Is that the job of that cell? Is the job of that cell to be alive as a conductor expression of love in the moment, active, ongoing? Um, so in this sense, you know, like again, talking about a block in the body, that's just um, a group of cells. Mm. And when a, when a bunch of them get together, they can all you know, sort of share the same story and the same identity, but they are all tiny cells. So yes, in this way, when we begin to consciously connect with the body, feel, witness, take our awareness into the body, into the cells, we are reactivating conscious connection, conscious love connection with all aspects of self. Hmm. The body in large part has been an expression of what has been unconscious for us. For the most part, it has been the physical manifestation of unresolved karma and unconscious guilt and fear. Hmm. Which in the earlier phases of life, we can kind of polish and prop up to seem, seem pretty good for a while. Mm-hmm. This is why connecting inward in the body is, is a direct way to become conscious. It's a direct way to become conscious. So I'm probably gonna reveal some historic bias here, but, um, and, and we all have places where we go and do kind of an extreme practice and then we come back and rebalance, so. Mm -hmm. But, I, but early, at one point in my, my own path, I seemed to come across a large, large number of people who would do a lot of meditation. Mm -hmm. Just all, and with some spiritual connection and, you know, and, and I would see that they were getting some good information. Mm -hmm. They had opened up some of this spiritual circuitry. Mm -hmm. in their human lives they were expressing all of these just completely distorted patterns in relationships mm -hmm. just and they weren't and and then also with health they would just deal with their health like it was that they weren't working in the body right and that also meant that, that, that they weren't really emotionally authentic. Yeah. They weren't working in the body. So they weren't getting in touch with, um, 
you know, where am I out of balance and how I love how, you know, how's my sexuality functioning? Um, how do I really feel in these deeper levels? Right. Anyway, so it's going off, but um, we're carrying it all around with us. And, and so, so part of reawakening, remembering light, getting in touch with light, living as light, mm-hmm. becoming light again means reactivating the conscious connection to all of our cells, which by default puts us in touch with every aspect of self that we house and use here mm-hmm. in this incarnation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I'm hearing with that meditation example is like, it's not, it's so easy for us to think that we need something outside of ourselves. Mm. And I feel that that is often the, the path of a seeker is to look, you know, try all these different practices and do all these different things. And that's wonderful and supportive in different ways. And what I'm hearing you say is now, especially we're here at this time to bring it into the body and to realize that we have all of that. We can access all of those states, all of those places um, from within. And my personal question is like, what is the point of doing all that work if you're not integrating it into your life? And that is, I feel like what we're really working with here in terms of embodiment, it's, it's, being your full messy human self and taking kind of ownership and responsibility for that and and integrating everything into how you live in like the physical how you take action how you speak all of that is how i view embodiment yeah absolutely like acknowledging being um being genuine and, 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 and authentic, acknowledging and welcoming all of our very human patterning and tendencies, the ones that typically in the world we would um, repackage or, or, you know, pack them away. Mm-hmm. Getting in touch with them is, is, is essential. And we do this with lots of self-love lots of self-love because when things have been disacknowledged just like a person if a person is ignored like it's less worthy then when it shows back up it doesn't feel real happy and loving right. <laughs> and pretty you know so when we bring these very human parts of us back after they have been you know hurt or devalued or excluded it's not it's not pretty right away it's not pretty but when we say bringing them back that act means that we are bringing them back into the space of love light Mm -hmm. yes and then more and more of us is on board to live as the truth of what we are instead of in a separate place right of of illusion and fear yeah So um, we talked a little bit about this in the last uh, episode about self-love. I'm wondering if you have any practices that you'd like to share. So whether it's, you know, how we can bring love into our our cells, our micro selves, or any other practice that would support um, where we're at with embodiment. Um, Oh, that's so much. Now I feel like I need to do a new course now that you asked that (laughs) so much. Um, Let's see. Well, as as a, as an, uh, sort of an umbrella practice, I would say that shifting the paradigm for how we view and respond to our bodies is really helpful. So in every, and I mean, this is for everything. I mean, you know, we feel great and we're like, oh, I can, I'm able to exercise so much more than I could last year. 
-hmm. let me add to my routine let me do all these things let me instead of creating instead of deferring to these pre-established external ideas of what the body should be doing and what the body needs mm -hmm. we want to come back and tune in to where we are and what's happening right now and in the moment for our embodiment mm -hmm. and start from the heart and trust that our bodies even if it's kind of gotten extreme and the body's kind of stuck and struggling body is very intelligent and love is at work and the body wants to the body wants to conduct more love and light it wants to be in balance so we can so we want to come back to trust and let go the 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 collective conversations are so rigid around what is happening with our body i mean you will notice that if you try to talk to anyone about any physical distress you are having, they immediately want you to give it a label that makes them comfortable. Yes. Immediately. And then they want to talk about what you're going to do that's conventional, that also makes them comfortable. And maybe tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah, or tell you what to do. Why aren't you taking Benadryl? So what we want to do is, is um, kind of take back our, our power and our ability to choose for ourselves and to tune in at every moment, you know, and you hear this rhetoric like, well, I, you know, I was trying to go to the gym four days a week, but today I'm really tired. And that's like, a none of that matters. We want to let go of trying to force the body into these preconceived 3D mental goals. There is a lot more beautiful, brilliant things that the body will do as soon as we show up with self-love and mm. support it and let it happen. And it's far more interesting and empowering. Mm. So we want to tune in right now. Okay, last week I was running three days a week and it felt amazing this week. I need to rest this week. I need to rest. That's it. That's, that's it. Um, so that's not a particular practice. I mean, what that, what that is that that's, that's my overarching recommendation Yeah, is we can't do it right. We have to choose to unplug from the collective story of what our bodies are and what they could do and how we should be regarding them. Mm -hmm. And the idea that when our bodies go into a process, that there is a problem that we should be afraid of. We have to unplug ourselves from that collective story in order to start to have any effective productive embodiment process. We have to give ourselves permission Mm -hmm. to have this experience and to let it be intelligent and let it be congruent with our highest potentials and let it be love driven and full of possibility, mm -hmm. no matter what anyone else says or does. So that is the overarching suggestion. Um, and then within that, I would say, you know, there's, there's, I mean, being vegan is, you try to find someone who loves animals more than me. I mean, it, I, it's a beautiful practice. But what we, what we want to understand is, and I'm not saying anyone should or shouldn't be vegan. What I'm speaking to here is that the needs of the body change through ascension. Mm -hmm. And they may change dramatically at times. And what we may be faced with is a choice. We may be very clear that our body needs something that doesn't, meet the criteria for an external identity. Right. Okay. And so, you know, I'll use myself as an example here. You know, I, I really enjoyed the idea that I was doing less harm and waking up to the impact that we were having on the planet. I mean, it was so refreshing to me. Hmm. 
but but then what I had to embrace was that I am here to also resurrect the earth back to a state of love. And if I do not follow my own ascension and if I do not help my body, if I do not resurrect my physical vehicle, mm-hmm. I cannot help the ascending earth, the physical beyond me. I have to do this first. Mm-hmm. And we and we get into this in the seventh part, but we sync up with the earth and we start to work with all this at deeper levels and we realize that the earth wants to support us and we have a conscious connection with the elementals and the animal kingdoms. And we can move past the karma and the guilt of the impact and we can use what we need. We know that it's temporary and that we're as we ascend, we're going to get to a place where we no longer do harm. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to help that happen, we have to follow our embodiment and ascension. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And it, like you said, it's it can be when we're you know over focused or over concerned with other people's perception of us. It can be really hard to do that. You know, I remember I was a pretty strict vegetarian for a while and my family would always try and find food for me. And then one day I came home and just ate some pepperoni pizza, which is not even my norm at all. <laughs> like right of your embodiment. This was a couple years ago. But, you know, and I remember like the look on my parents' face, like they were like, are you eating pepperoni? You know, and it was just this like their whole, it was their whole worldview shifted in that one moment when I changed my identity so, so easily. Um, And it was so clear for me. I was like, I want this. I need, you know, I have my own experience and process around that and felt totally aligned and good with it. And, um, but yeah, if, if I were to, to put too much energy into trying to make them feel comfortable, then it would be, a totally different process. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I mean, we all came into the 3D experience and we're entrained into that belief system and, and it's sort of that <coughs> amnesia and whatnot. So if we're going to really embrace, if we're not going to back away from what we can do, what we want to do, what's available, our, if we're not going to back away from our purpose and our ascension, we will have people say things to us like, oh, I thought this is what you were. I oh. thought that was your regimen. I thought that was your ideal. Mm-hmm. I thought that was your lofty thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> it, it really is a bigger letting go of the idea that what we are is this surface persona that we must constantly constantly be living up to, including, you know, with how, what we do with our bodies, that what we are is our surface labels and identities and that we make our bodies conform to that as well. Mm -hmm. We just have to let go of that. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of trust and allowance in, our bodies to kind of evolve and process as they need to process. And that may look very different from week to week, day to day, month to month. And that's, you know, that gets at kind of this bigger picture of ascension. It's like, we're cycling through these, you know, identities and these, we're, we're shedding all of these ways that we define ourselves. And it can, that, that for me is sometimes what's so confusing is it's like happening so quickly now um, that it's like there's nothing to really anchor into or hold on to if I'm looking outside at those identities. What's also happening though is that my connection with who I am and my, my heart and myself is so much stronger that I'm, I'm much more easily able to, to shift and change and, and flow based on what I need. Not that it's not challenging sometimes, but um, I feel that inner strength as my kind of anchor. Right, right. 
so what we refer to 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 order our lives and to have a, a sense of, of direction and and authority and empowerment shifts mm-hmm. because there's no surface external template or set of rules that's going to stay the same. So one part is unplugging from, yeah, the collective formulas and the collective story around the physical and also just the whole 3D reality that we are our surface identity. And then, um, oh, so I'm starting to lose it. Um, oh, and, but even beyond that, the things that we have more ownership of how long I spent retuning in and researching at one point in my body meant the exact multivitamin that I needed. Mm. I mean, the beds, the, just, just the, and then I got it and then it was so helpful. Mm. And I was like, Oh, that really, so felt very strong about that. Mm-hmm. Really plugged in and strong and nourished and support. And then, my body didn't want all that rich stuff that it was over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't matter anymore. Mm. So, um, my body, you know, and, and that my body didn't need that kind of support anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Good stuff. I, this, I'm very happy that we're talking about this topic. Oh, good, 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 good. That this is so, yeah, this really gets at a lot of what people struggle with, you know, this confusion of being in a body and dealing with this body, you know, and we have this, we view it as something that we need to deal with. Yeah. This is really shifting my whole understanding of what it means to be here and to be human right now. I, I would like to add, did you have a, you had a point probably you were going to. No, go for it. One of the things that drives the preoccupation with uh, the story of the body's frailty mm. is the fear of death. Yeah. And, uh, that actually drives, no matter what form it takes, the best youthing formula, the best gym, the best right guru for go to your boot camp, whatever. Um, quite unconsciously, usually, not always unconsciously, but the fear, the fear of death actually drives um, the preoccupation with, with physical frailty and aging. So this could be a topic unto itself. I mention it right now briefly because we can empower ourselves greatly. We can liberate ourselves very, very quickly. If we just acknowledge that part of what would hold us, scare us into trying to make everything okay with 3D stuff that doesn't really serve, is that we feel that we must somehow control the fear of death delight what if like the story what if what if i what if i get really sick right what if that what if well what if you just continue with the what ifs and follow them all the way to the end yeah well my body might be finished what if my body expired mm-hmm. when we allow ourselves to acknowledge and get in touch with that. It's no longer this sort of vague boogeyman that would drive us back to old patterns that could confuse and delay us. The fear of the body being frail, being helpless, aging, um, dying, 
drives so much of this. Mm -hmm. We will not be in this vehicle forever. It's a temporary vehicle. And like I said, it, it doesn't come anywhere close to housing all of our being. So we want to let that be okay. We're not trying to outrun that. And also we don't die when the body expires. Right. And anybody who's ever, who's done anything spiritual ever, or just has any modicum of consciousness knows that we don't die when the body expires and we do still store unconscious fear of death because we've had lots of other life experience. We, we've had, it can feel like we are dying when the body expires. We've had those experiences. So there's a fear that we ourselves will be extinguished when we're done with this vehicle. That's the fear. Right. And if at the higher levels of our consciousness, we know, of course, that's not true. Of course, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Most of us carry uh, the memory of feeling like that was happening and at the end of other incarnations or, or just the fear, well, what if? <clears throat> so the body will expire. It in no way changes what we actually are. We've had so many cycles in so many different forms and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing to be afraid of. And we do carry unconscious fear of it. So we can know that it's nothing to fear. And we can welcome any fear that we carry in the body of what happens if my body, when and if my body gives out. The mm -hmm. pan, the physical panic. Right. The right. physical panic. So we can let ourselves, here's a practice. We can let ourselves feel that and welcome it conscious, holding the truth that the body will change, it will ultimately expire. That, that does not change our nature at all. We cannot, we're not separate from source or love, no matter what happens to the body. It's impossible, actually. So we hold that truth in our hearts while we let ourselves uncover and bring conscious the helplessness, fear, panic. What if my body doesn't work? Mm-hmm. However, people want to practice that. Yeah, and I think that's. <coughs> I received a lot from that, and it, that was. That's really at the root of a lot, um, and I think it's helpful to remember that when, you know, when I have a cold, and I'm afraid, feeling the fear come up of getting more sick, and like you said, going all the way through the what if, but the fear that I feel is the fact that I'm letting myself feel that is helping to um, release and, and heal the ultimate fear of, di of dying because right. that, the ultimate fear of dying, like you said, is really just like this kind of program that's really deeply seated into our consciousness. Yes. Our collective. Um, yes. And it, and it's, and it's, it drives the collective, it doesn't expose itself for what it is because then it wouldn't work, but there's a gravity in the collective. So we can kind of, um, when that's running, when other people are running lots of stories about that, you should do something. You should really yeah. manage that fear. Don't leave yourself vulnerable to that. You know, we can get caught up in it again, right? which is one reason that, we want to just unplug from that 3D, that, that separation-based collective story about the body. Because um, we can get pulled back into it. Totally. And, and really, like this is, this is a topic for another time, but just tuning back into how powerful our bodies are. I think you started off by talking about the story around frailty, which I realized like, oh yeah, that's so true. And um, our, the, the reality is that our bodies are super strong and powerful and intelligent beyond anything that we consciously understand yet. Yeah, they can be when they express our soul and spirit power. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. When a, you know, as we bring soul back into the cells and, 
you know, we reopen the heart and we're running spirit light. The body's very strong and it doesn't have to be vulnerable to what we think it would be. Yeah. There's so much capacity, I feel. There's so much untapped capacity. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're about, and we're about to get into that. We're, I mean, as a, the ascending collective this year yeah. and next. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, but it's, we really are going to begin to, to tap that and live it and uncover it and bring it back into the human experience and reality. Mm-hmm. What our bodies can do when they are, um, just purified expressions of, of empowered love. Yeah. How strong that is, how strong that makes us physically. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think that's a great place to end. Thank you so much. Thank you, Zena. That was really powerful. And um, we'll be back soon with the sixth. Yes. Yes. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining. Bye.